Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Let's get into kind of the first segment of of our show. We've kind of stayed away from a lot of talk about hot seats and speculation. And for for the record, we don't speculate a lot with various things, recruiting being one of them. We have not speculated about the future of Auburn, but I think we will be remiss to not address at this point of the season. Uh, Auburn is three and four. Uh, As we said on the midweek report last week, this is not how we saw where Auburn would be at the break or at the bye week. Uh, we, We expected Auburn to actually be trending in the right direction. Now, Auburn can still make something of this season, but as it stands, since the loss at uh, at home against Penn State, Brian Harson's seat has been very, very warm, and we wanted to talk about wanted to talk about what what can Harson do at this point. Obviously, win games is one, but. At this point, I think most people will agree Auburn is kind of who they are. You can make some marginal improvements here and there. Will it amount in an improvement in the win-loss column, right? And so your take on kind of where Harson is with five games left in the season. I'll, I'll start with you, B. Just, just kind of your feelings about what this coaching staff has done up to this point in year two. Ike mentioned last week, I want to say it was that, one of the things that that bothers us so much about the discourse about Brian Harson is not that somebody would come to the conclusion that he has not done his job well enough and he deserves to be fired. The problem that we have had as a collective with the discourse around Brian Harson is that what anybody will use or point to as reasons for his firing is most like at best it's it's trivial or it's an asinine reason to lead to the conclusion that somebody needs to be fired. There is enough. There is enough for, for somebody to make the case. He has not done this job well enough. And those conditions, those things that Brian Harson could have done 
between year one and year two to make this football team better, did he do them? It's 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 really not unlike uh, if you want to liken it to, and, and of course, politics is not a one for one comparison. But the last president goes out at any point in history, and usually the next president is a fix for what the last president did. So, do you judge a new president on what he's doing or how quickly he fixed the mess that the last one made? On one hand, with football, you want to give a guy time to. You get the players in here that you think are best for the program. You put the system in that you think is best for the program. You create the program's identity. Who are we? Offense, defense. Are we a high-flying team? Are we a hard-nosed team? Are we a disciplined team? Are we a loosey-goosey type team? You know, we just got feel-good vibes. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Times it worked, it or draw. Feel good. Players coach, right? And then it didn't work. Um, same thing with Mark Rick. He let the players bounce on the sideline and get all hype. And they won a lot of games, but they also lost games they weren't supposed to win. You set that identity, and that takes time. Before anybody had been hired, after Gus was fired in 2020, if you had asked us, we would have said you give anybody, anybody, three to five years to make all of the structural and cultural changes that need to be made. What Brian Harson inherited in two key personnel uh, positions, we have seen those positions still be bad, but we also have seen them not improve. That is the first thing you point to when you point to a deficiency in job performance for Brian Harson. This offensive line is worse than what it was in 2021. After you had a year to put your eyes on the talent, um, on everybody that was in the room. So that was not only the, the one or two guys that came in, excuse me, one guy, I think it was Eston Harris that came in in the class, but also the guys that were already redshirting in 2021. What did you see from them? How do you evaluate them? So you had spring. They got to do some number, they got to run against the defensive line, which even if they didn't play otherworldly before they started getting hurt, they still played a lot better than the offensive line. So you had a good barometer to test how good is our offensive line really? You start taking off the, the training wheels on the offense. You say, okay, well, we're running that thing with Bobo. We're going to run my thing. We're going to do my thing exactly how I do it. Pro style, just like this is how it's going to go. Under center, everything's going to work just like this because this is what I think is going to be best for these players going forward to the NFL, professional development. We're not just going to run an offense that can work right now. We're going to run something that can work for them in the future as they continue on to the next level. That evaluation there, to do that with the players that we have right now, that was probably a mistake. That was probably a mistake. Yeah. It is fair to say Brian Harson did not, based on what he knew he had in the room, we're not just talking about, hey, it's not just summer, fall, summer, oh, excuse me, fall camp, it happened during the summer. It's all of 2021. It's all of the spring and it's fall camp. And every game you go out there, you're getting more and more information on who your team is and what they can do. It is fair to say, even if you thought these players here could run your offense coming out of the spring, you didn't have enough bodies for attrition. You did not have enough bodies in case for attrition. I know this staff understands that because, again, they've stacked up at running back. They've stacked up at defensive back. They've stacked up at wide receiver. They did not stack up at the offensive line, which was one of the worst performing units on the team, was the worst performing unit on the team. Even if you think that your starters last year are going to be your starters this year, insurance. Get some insurance. Yeah. 
You put some more bodies in that room. You just do. Yeah. You never know which one of those guys are going to... We were a Nick Brahms away from being okay and going to terrible. And that happened. And even if we weren't... if Even if Tate Johnson would have been a suitable replacement for Nick Brahms, a guy who hasn't even gotten on the field? Center is an experienced position. He doesn't have the experience. So even if he had stayed in that position, which they liked the way he was developing, how long does it take for him to come around? The same way we're talking about Robbie Ashford needs reps. And, and the wide receivers who have not been on the field yet, they need reps. Development is a real thing. You're going to go with a freshman? A redshirt. Is he redshirt freshman? Ooh. Tate Johnson? Uh, I think so, yeah. Let me, I think I so. Either way, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten game reps. That's who you're going to go with to anchor an offensive line that has to do some heavy-duty pass blocking? No, Identifying? He's a, oh, he's a junior. So he just hadn't played. Yeah. Okay. okay. The knock on Harson that is valid is you didn't prepare. Even if injuries, you couldn't foresee this coming. You thought you had these five guys that were redshirt seniors and super seniors. There was no insurance there. That is the first and foremost most valid criticism of Brian Harson's tenure so far. Because it's not like there's any other position. He said, well, you know, we got Cedric coming back and Malcolm Johnson. Oh, we're good. No, you get guys. Get guys. We got roster spots. Go get them. Why would you not get more? We could use more talent, couldn't we? Especially at a position we play so poorly. So that's the first thing where I think this is a valid criticism. We can't take out of context the fact that when the drama went down in the spring, the signing day had closed. Signing day had finished. We had one offensive lineman in the class. Everybody said, well, this is not good enough. And then they flipped the switch to, to try to create enough drama to get him fired. Once that switch is flipped, a fair evaluation of what Brian Harson can and cannot do becomes almost impossible. Now, people will not want to concede that. People who did not like Brian Harson before he stepped foot on campus, and especially after the first year, will say, oh, there's no excuses. I guess, oh, you can't gotta do it. You got Structurally, once I put a target on your back, if people want to stay way far away from you so they don't get hit with straight fire, you have affected what type of job somebody can do once you put that target on their back. You have. And I can't ever take that out of his evaluation. So what that means is, yes, signing they had passed for high school recruits, there was a lot of transfer portal activity. Who knows what we could have done in the transfer portal if he gets a vote of confidence coming out of signing day instead of an attempted murder coming out of signing day. Those are two completely different things. They signal two different things, not only to the recruits, but their parents, to other coaches, because he needed to fill an OC spot. Do you think people want to come and now be under a roof where the roof might be getting torn down in less than a year? They made it harder for him to do what is most likely the hardest job in the SEC with our rivals, who we have to play every year, the expectations of the fan base versus the resources of the fan of, of the program, and what goes on at the very top. This is probably the hardest job in the SEC. There are other jobs where you could go and they say, hands off, you're the best thing we've ever seen. Do what you do. Like Kentucky, Mark Stoops. LSU, they frequently get coaches and say, do whatever you can do. We think you can do it. We're going to get out your way. They don't hamstring. They probably should have hamstrung Les Miles, but they didn't. They just let it run its course until he petered out. We've seen it where you leave a coach alone, let him do his thing. But we don't do that here. And so because of that, this is the hardest job 
in the conference. I would take, I would hear arguments for the country, but of course we're biased. We see this region more than any other. So country. with everything, with all of that I'll considered. for you, country. Okay. Yeah. Go. With all that considered, I don't think he's done a great job going from year one to year two. Whether or not it's a fireable offense would the, here's a question I would have to answer. And I haven't even asked myself this question. And that would be, do you cut short your three to five year rule as far as what you give head coaches? If it's clear that so many bridges have been burned internally and behind the scenes that there is no coming back, that support won't be renewed. That whatever spite may have been felt by one party or another that caused all of this, this drama to happen early in the year in the first, has it subsided? Has it gone away? The performance on the field is not acceptable. The conditions weren't ideal. There's a lot of, of balance to be made there. Honestly, it, it, it seems like we're in a situation where it may be best for him and Auburn to separate. And it's not because there was a definitive man. He couldn't do this job. I don't think you know if somebody can do the job until you give them the resources and leave them alone. And that has never been the case for him. But I do know that the well may have been poisoned enough to where, why are you trying to save this? Why are you trying to? It's a complex relationship between the coach and the school and the administration this happens all the time in relationships. You're like, hey, yeah, we could fight for this thing to keep going, but why would we? Because it's terrible. Whether you were wrong, I were wrong, it's now a bad place for both of us to be. And sometimes the best situation is just to separate. Let, let me ask you this, because you, 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 said, you said a lot there. Um, and I, I'll pose this question to Ike so he can, he can get some thoughts in here. Whoever the coach is moving forward, they're going to want to build their culture, their way of doing things. But you also have to manage fan expectation. And Auburn has always been a place to where you've had people who feel not only are they invested in the program, but it's their program. So there's a there's a political aspect that comes to this head coaching job. Right. You got to kiss babies, got to shake hands. You got to do that outside of the X's and O's and recruiting. Also, you have a fan base who feels we're not Kentucky. We're not going to give you the the stoops treatment where we give you four to five years to get your thing going. Mm -hmm. When the last coach here got us to a national championship in year one, the previous coach won a national championship in year two. So the expectation is we're not Arkansas. We're not these programs. We're Auburn. And so any coach who comes in here, there should be significant, there should be significant improvement or evidence early on that this is the right guy for the job. Is that fair to conclude for the next guy, whoever that coach is, should Harson be gone? What are your thoughts on that? Ike? The conclusion, if you're saying, so I, let me make sure I understand, I'm, I'm answering the question properly. Are you saying that it's fair for people to have that expectation based upon this history of coaches? Absolutely not. Um, Again, there's history of coaches outside of Auburn being successful in their second year. I just don't know that that can be the barometer for every coach everywhere, regardless of the situation that two right. years in, you got to be good, right. especially in, in light of you're not going to resource that person. If you're going to fully resource them and give them all the stuff that they need and you've traditionally been good and you just like 
So let's just say it's a situation like Alabama with Nick Saban, right? Or Kirby Smart whenever he gets done at Georgia, where you've been a traditional powerhouse, right? right. And you've got all the machine going, you've got all the stuff, and the next coach comes in, it shouldn't take them a long time to get it up and running. You make the right decision because you've got the machine moving. You should be able to plug someone in because you should be able to hire whoever you want to, and you have all the resources to get it done. That's why situations like Texas are befuddling, right? Because you got all the stuff. Why in the crap? Why, why aren't y'all right. being successful? <laughs> Texas. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not going to the other school in Texas that we want to talk about later. But I'm just saying, like, there are situations where there's not really a reason for you not to be successful, right? Auburn should be one of those places if we could get everybody rowing in the same direction. But it, it hasn't been that case. We've missed on talent evaluation consistently over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes this coaching staff. I'm not taking this coaching staff out of that equation. Over right. the last 10 years, we've missed that talent evaluation. We've mm-hmm. mismanaged our roster because we don't have any depth in our roster. Not talented depth. We've got good at the one deep, maybe the two deep in some spots, but specifically along the offensive line, we have not done a good job of filling those cupboards with talent and getting that talent ready to play year in and year out. We haven't done that at the quarterback position, and you can't miss on those two positions over and over and over again. You just that that you can't be a successful program and miss there consistently. So, is it fair to have that expectation? Probably not, but it's the reality of what the expectation is. And right. so, as a right. coach, you have to understand that's the expectation. And this is what I said last time. I said the issue that I have with this coaching staff is is their is their sense of urgency and not understanding you don't have time, and right. and and operating as if you have time and stubbornly operating as if you have time places you in a position where you are where you are today. And th- thinking, well, I can just no, you can't just not here. Other right. places you might be able to just. This ain't one of them spots. And you have to realize that as soon as you get into the seat and get in and start moving as if there's urgency about it. And I don't think that they've done a good enough job of doing that to not place them in a position where this hot seat is what it is. So, Ike, you asked you asked us something offline. I'll bring it here to the chat, to this conversation. There's five games left. We know that Harson, it's possible. There's a difference between what's possible versus what's probable. I can go out and it's possible for me to win the lottery tomorrow, right? It's possible. If you look at the probability, I need to take my behind to work tomorrow, Mm. right? So it's possible to win out the rest of the way. Auburn goes eight and four. Maybe this talk dies down. But we've kind of talked about in the midweek rapport what we feel this team may do. What do you think, and be will I'll, I'll start with you. What what are two things that could at least send a message that, hey, maybe Harson may need more time, as you alluded to earlier in the conversation, despite the mistakes made, the, mis- the missteps made, maybe he's figuring some things out. What would give you that indication? Um, what, what would let me know that is if we go three and one down the stretch. Four and one. Oh, excuse me. Ooh, four and one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so hey, uh, say what you chance. If you don't feel it's possible, go ahead. Wait. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like all the bridges have been burned. It's, it's kind of the situation I use the, the relationship analogy, but where yeah. mom and dad are staying together for the kids. 
wait till they go to high school so they don't have the kids don't have to be in the house when it's awkward and where's dad and oh he'll come pick you up. They just let's just keep this going. Put on a brave face for the kids. Don't act weird. Now now let's let's go about our day. That may be what's going on. And um I I think that it it may come it may be it actually may be the case that Brian Harson is doing his best coaching job for the players and the staff and not to keep this job because he's seen what's coming with this job. Mm. I, I absolutely believe that. I mean, there's, there's enough there to, to show that maybe no matter what happens, whether it was three and two or four and one, that it would be a mutual separation no matter what. So I think that that's actually likely. I don't I have, we have no idea information that says that that's the case, but that's just what I feel is going on that Arkansas is a winnable game. Texas A&M is a winnable game. Mississippi State might be a winnable game, depending on what we show coming out of the the uh, the buy here. Um, it's it's not impossible. Now, Bama probably is not, because I mean they've got a dynamic running back and good running games versus us doesn't doesn't appear to be uh, a good mix. But Western Kentucky is a winnable game as well. So. I don't think four and one is impossible. Uh, all of these teams really are about the same. They're very mediocre, mediocre to bad. We are bad to mediocre, and we will see if something has been gained in this bye week to find something. The new mix on offensive line, the the thing that Robbie found in that old Miss game. If there is some cohesion, still some more fight, and I think that there's a very very good chance. That we could come out and at least finish the five game stretch with a with a winning record over the course of those five games. I think that's completely possible. I'm still not convinced that that would be enough for him to stay the head coach again. That's I think we're assuming that he wants to remain the head coach after the season, and I just don't know if it's safe to assume that. Four and one. Does it matter how he loses to Bama? Even even if he goes into that game having won four straight. Does he have does he have to show does he have to not be ran off the field? We've already uh, been ran off the field this year against Georgia. If if you go four, if you win four games coming out the bye and lose to Bama, I don't think it matters how you lose to Bama because I think if, if I was evaluating his performance, you don't have the guns to compete with Bama this year. So why would I evaluate you based based on that? I mean, I've seen Gus get run off the field and 2018 and 2020 and 2016 and it didn't really seem to matter too much when you play at Bama he kept his job every year so why would why would winning four games going down the stretch but losing to Bama whether it's close or wide lend to what type of job you you don't have the guns the coaching job I'll answer that question no you can't get beat by you can't get obliterated by Bama no I was about to say, and Gus beat Bama, and I think that that oh, gave him that gave him a bit of a pass on those years where he did get ran off the field. Arson has yet to do that, buying him that grace. That's true. So I I, I hear you, but I, I don't think the margin for error for this coaching staff is so small, so small at this point. Given to Ike's point earlier about there seemed there had seemed to be a lack of urgency which kind of speaks to the fact that this staff may not have understood what was all at stake with this job or what came with this job. Um, And I think they've been learning on the fly, but to his point, you just have not had enough time. Um, One of the things that I said getting into 
getting into the season, I think I said this on a midweek report. I said this to you, Ike and Mike B. You may have jumped off at this point. But it was right before the first game of the season and Alan Green had left. And going into the season, I said Auburn needed to win at least seven games for Harson to, to be safe. Mm-hmm. When, when Green left, I bumped that game up to one. Because the guy who was responsible for bringing you to Auburn, who would have been in your corner, is gone. So you have to show, you have to show on the field why you're the coach moving forward for Auburn, why you're the coach for the future for Auburn. Sitting at three and four, he has to have an amazing five games down the stretch. Yeah. He can lose a game, but he's going to have to be incredible down the road, opposite of what happened last year when we had, an, we had a slide. Mm-hmm. He has to do the opposite of that to show, yeah. hey, maybe the decision to get rid of Harson is premature. Maybe this guy needed time after all. Not only that, but recruiting has to be not too far behind that as well. Right. And so, again, fair or unfair, people want to see Auburn look good recruiting-wise. So if that's looking good and Auburn's trending in the right direction, you kind of have to take a step back and say, hey, is this premature? Now, again... We're talking about possible versus probable. Right. I don't know if that's likely to happen at all. Yeah. But I'm telling you what has to happen, given what I said at the beginning of the season. Sitting here at three and four, this Arkansas game is very important. Right. It's very important. Because I mean, that, that there, there is, I don't think that any game left on this schedule is not a must-win game at this sure. point in time until you get to, like, um, you know, if you rewind back to the beginning of what we talked about at the beginning, preseason right like how many games does brian harson need to win in order to to keep his job we said you got to at least be one plus what you did last year and that's seven i mean yeah. you can only lose one more game that's it you only got one more l left on this schedule that you can take and if you lose the first one coming out of the bye week yeah <laughs> yeah you're done i mean i just you're done i mean and people will argue he's done either way right but right you are definitely done if you lose this Arkansas. Like every week yeah. is a must-win game at this point in time. You can't lose anymore, right? Like, and and again, you can win the next four, possibly save your job, but then you still got to go out there and show face versus Bama or win it. Right. Like right. it's got to be close or W. You can't get it. Can't be two touchdowns in the deficit on the, in the column on that one. You got to make that game close to even have a shot to get at next season. And again, that's yeah. prayerful because then you're in bowl game talks and you probably still got to go win a bowl. Like if you get to the bowl game. Yeah. You, you, I don't know if you guys ever did this in college. I had some of these tests to where I just looked at the test and I was like, I'm going to miss this. I'm missing that one. I'm missing that one. <laughs> so I got to get all these other problems right yeah. on this test oh, yeah, to make sure. it yeah. decent you, grade. You know like I already sure. know. Like, I, have, I already know. This is, I'm missing this one. Yeah, I don't I have this one. You don't know what's going on in this question. So my best bet is yeah. to get a 70 because I got to get all these right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes. We've yes. all done this. For sure. That's Harson at this point. I got to get all these other ones right. Regardless of how confident I am, I have to get this right. Harson has to get this right down the stretch. Yeah. He like he, your your margin for error is gone. 
Yeah, like, no, he, you got, he's already blown all of his his lifelines are done. Yeah, yeah. He don't have no more phone of friends. Like it's yeah. here. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. You're done, son. You got to make all the rest of these. If you want to be a millionaire, well, he's gonna be a millionaire one way or the other. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want right. to get to the final <laughs> test on the who wants to be a millionaire, you've got to answer every one of these questions correctly, or you are out of here. 